now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. We would love to hear from you. You can find our contact information on the cfax1070.com website. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, or you can reach out to me directly. Google Tony Joe, Tony Joe Real Estate. I'd be happy to connect you. I've been your host here uh, every week uh, for years now. We've had nearly 200 episodes uh, with so many great guests and so much great content. I am fortunate. I've been selling real estate here now for 30 years. I've handled hundreds of transactions here in Greater Victoria. Uh, proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada. REMAX, of course, being uh, the largest, uh, the number one real estate brand in the world. Uh, and I'd be happy to help you as well, too. Feel free to reach out to me. Be happy to chat. Uh, our website is the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. And by the way, a little bit of news for this week. I have changed homes, my home of 28 years, Remax Camosun, company which I love and cherish, the largest and most production, productive real estate office in Greater Victoria. Wonderful people, great, great people, but it's time for us to branch out and spread our wings. And therefore, you'll be seeing more Remax Island property signs. We have opened up a new brokerage, and that is uh, an exciting thing for us not only at the Prime Real Estate team, but the others that have joined us as well too. So uh, we always start our show every week with a question or a story. If you have one you wanna share with us, just give us a call. The number is 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. Leave a message and uh, we will address it at a future date. I actually almost forgot to introduce who we're talking to today and what the topic of our show is today. You know, because Values have increased with a really strong market. We've got high demand, low inventory. People have found that there's a lot of equity in their homes, equity that they never realized before. You know, for many years, including great stretches in my career, 10-year stretches, properties didn't go up in value. But of course, they have in the last five years, in the last 10 years. Hey, even in the last three months, it's amazing how things have gone. And for many Maybe it's not time to sell, but, you know, uh, things like expenses, maintenance, upkeep of the home, things start getting pricey, especially for those who bought their house in 1960s or 1970s. Um, the metrics were very different, but you don't want to move. You want to stay. What are your options? And that's what we're talking about today. So our guest today talking about reverse mortgages. First of all, we have Mark Phillips from Home Equity Bank. 
And of course, we have our show partner and sponsor, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, we had both of these guys on many years ago. Actually, uh, a great episode that I've re-listened to many times because I learned so much about it. But if you are curious, you want to know more about what reverse mortgages are and what they're all about, listen to this show. You're really, really going to get a lot out of it. By the way, uh, if you are a podcast listener, you can find all of our past programs on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, So much great information there, uh, as we always have. Now, I want to talk about something today, and it is timely right now. Of course, multiple offers is a big topic right now. Bidding wars. You know, I've told people that I went through 15-year stretches where I never saw one, never even heard of one. And all of a sudden, it is the flavor of the day. It seems like everything is going in multiple offers or bidding wars. By the way, that's not entirely true. It's not everything is. There are things that are sitting around, things that maybe hoped that they would get bidding wars, multiple offers, but they haven't. Uh, And it also depends a lot on the segment, you know, the kind of property, the price range, and a number of other things. But a question that comes up is, how do these work? Because I've had a number of people ask me recently, you know, what are the rules? You know, what, what's the, uh, you know, what's the process and procedure? Well, I, I want to tell you, and I know I've mentioned this before, there are rules of engagement when it comes to the offer process. And who dictates these rules? Well, any realtor will tell you. It's the Real Estate Council of British Columbia. The Real Estate Council is the governing body. They are the overseers of uh, the real estate industry. By the way, uh, I am thrilled that we have oversight uh, because, you know, I, I, I have said to licensees before, you know, if we didn't have oversight, if we were just a unregulated industry, it would be crazy. There would be so many bad activities happening in the background. For consumers, it should be comforting for you to know that licensees have minimum standards that they need to adhere to. And if they do not, they can get disciplined. They can get fined. They can get in a lot of trouble. And no licensee wants to do that. The Real Estate Council of British Columbia, by the way, has a website, recbc.ca. And that's not just for realtors, by the way. Uh, It is a consumer-facing site as well, too. What I want to uh, quote right now, because I'm looking at it on my computer screen, is the section on offers. There's an entire section that outlines how offers are to be dealt with. And by the way, this is not written just for this market of multiple offers and bidding wars. This This is written over years. So nothing has changed. These rules and these regulations have always been in place. You know, there had there has been nothing new. Um, uh, there are very smart people that have devised these rules, and that's the reason why we have them. So, with offers, there's an outline about presentation of offers. Uh, you know whether or not other licensees can attend the offer process. You guys remember in days of your days of past it was common for the buyer's agent to actually present to the seller less so nowadays because we have technology we have you know we email offers we have electronic offers things like that Um, but the next line i'm reading right now is about multiple offers presentation procedures and it says here and i'm just going to read it to you guys if more than one written offer on a specific property is made before the seller has an accepted has accepted an offer 
all written offers must be presented to the seller. The only exception would be if the listing licensee has specific written instructions from the seller on the listing not to present particular types of offers. And unless otherwise instructed, the licensee should ensure that any other representative, realtor representative involved, knows there will be competitive offers. There is an order of presentation. So uh, if the listing licensee has more than one offer in the property ready to be presented, the first thing to do is to tell the seller how many offers may be presented so that there is no suggestion of, of accepting or countering an offer before all offers have been presented. If there is any question about which offer should be presented first, the offer should be presented in the order in which they were received to avoid controversy. So there's a whole process here that is written out for realtors. And like I said, you can actually find this. If you Google the Real Estate Council of British Columbia and there's a knowledge base, there's a little search function in there. If you just type in their multiple offers, you can have access to this too. Now, I know licensees listen to this program. I hope you guys know where to find this because the resources here are fantastic. It's a framework. It's a structure that we have to adhere to when it comes to multiple offers. And why do we have it? We have it because it is for the ultimate fairness of consumers. And I know what you're going to say. If you're a buyer, this sounds really unfair. Well, it is fair under the circumstances that we have right now, which is this multiple offer situation. Well, listen, if you have any further questions, reach out to me. Um, we need to take a break right now, though. When we come back, we're going to be talking about home equity and reverse mortgages. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. One of the episodes that we recorded a number of years ago, I think it was one of the earlier ones, had to do with reverse mortgages and answering questions that people have. You know, we've heard about uh, different methods of finding equity in your home because that's what's happened in the past couple of years is all this explosive growth, even in the last few months, has caused people to think about maybe using their home as a means to fund the rest of their life. And one of the guests that we had a number of years ago uh, is with Home Equity Bank. It's Mark Phillips. Mark, uh, hey, thanks very much for coming back. Thanks again, Tony. I'm, I'm really excited to be back on the show. Uh, as you know, I'm an avid listener and, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear my own voice on the show every once in a while. Yo, I gotta tell you. So actually it's funny because, uh, of course, since we podcast all these episodes, that episode that you and Denise did, uh, a few years ago is one that I actually re-listen to every once in a while because I, I learn a lot about it too. And as a result, I can say I have been telling more people about, a home equity bank and 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 how it works and that's what we're hoping to do today is to have a refresher for anyone who has missed it before uh, to hear all about it so so mark let's start with home equity bank and what is it that you guys do yeah of course so so the um the core product essentially is uh we we're we're a schedule one bank uh just like any of the other big banks in in, in canada um the difference is we don't do you know checking accounts or things like that we we just do mortgages uh, our mortgages are just the same uh, as you would get if you, you know, went into Bank of Montreal or, or whatever, um, with two major differences. Uh, well, a few major differences. First of all, we only lend to folks who are over 55 years old. So really, our demographic is retirement-aged Canadians. Mm -hmm. um, 
we, we don't rely on income in order to qualify somebody for how much we will lend them. So when you go in and you ask for a regular mortgage, the first thing your, your, you know, your bank or mortgage broker will ask is, okay, well, we need to know how much money you make um, so that we can figure out how big of a debt you're able to service or make payments on. Be- because they want to make sure that you can, aff- you can support the, the, the loan, as it were, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and that stuff is all defined by regulators. There's, there's ratios, uh, debt servicing ratios that, that borrowers have to uh, abide by. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so one of the main differences with our product is no payments are required. So we have a, a relatively low loan to value or the percentage of the value of the home that we will lend, um, but borrowers don't actually have to make payments. They can, um, payments are optional, uh, virtually no one ever does. Uh, so we don't rely on a client's ability to service the mortgage payments in order to figure out how much we can qualify them for. We simply um, do it as a factor of the value of their home and their age. So the, the most that we will ever lend to a client is 55% of the, the value of their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to get that much, they have to be you know, probably around 80 years old to mm-hmm. get that much. And the reason is that if they're not making payments on the mortgage, um, the interest will grow over time. And we don't want them to run out of equity. And in fact, in uh, just about 34 years of being in business, um, nearly, um, nearly 100% of all clients, so it's like 99.7% of all clients um, who have had a reverse mortgage with us have more equity uh, than when they set up, more equity when they pay us back than when they set up the mortgage. Okay. So they have this this large asset in you know a, a whatever a million dollar house that's growing at you know average of five or six percent in Greater Victoria, uh, and then they have a debt which is you know say on average about thirty three percent of the value of their home, and that's growing at you know right now anywhere between three and a half up to five and a half percent, and the the growth of that small debt relative to the growth of that large asset just never never really puts a dent in the equity. Okay. So. Actually, let, let's talk about this right now, because I think people, there, there is a perception, and we covered this last time, it's a misperception, but there's a perception that people have that a reverse mortgage is, um, you know, the rates are high, and it's bad because it will cause, you know, someone to lose all the equity in their home, uh, and, and things like that, um, but, but that is, that is not that is not the the truth, right? The the first thing that you started off with here is talking about the fact that Home Equity Bank is a chartered bank, so you have you have rules that you need to follow uh, imposed by the government of Canada, right? Yeah, of course. So you know, one of the one of the biggest misperceptions that we come against is uh, is that the bank is going to take somebody's home, yeah. um, and that and, and just, end up being homeless. You end up being homeless. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that just straight up uh, that that's news that comes up across the border from the south, and we're <laughs> okay. we're regulated just like all the big banks are. So even if we thought that taking somebody's house was a good business practice, the regulators wouldn't let us do it. Plain and simple. Okay. So down in the states, there are companies that will actually trade the title of your home for a lifetime guaranteed annuity. So they'll, you know, they'll say, okay, well, based on your age and your health, you can live in the house for the rest of your life. We'll give you $500 a month, uh, but we own your house now. That just isn't the way it works in Canada. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now we're not the only reverse mortgage company in Canada and uh, we're all regulated. It simply is a mortgage. You borrow the money. When you're finished with the money, you pay us back. The house always remains in the client's name. Um, Just like any other mortgage. The real difference is that uh, payments are optional on this one. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, I mean, we're going to talk with Denise about this a little later. I mean, another option that people look at is to do a line of credit or to take equity out of their house by a traditional mortgage, but then they have payments. And for a lot of people who are on, um, you know, they're on a retirement income that hasn't been going up, you know, like, like regular incomes have gone, they're, they're, they're at a very fixed income and, and sometimes, you know, that monthly payment is, is, uh, uh, is a burden, right? Well, yeah. And we've seen it, um, I think quite heavily here in Victoria is that the cost of living has gone up substantially in the last couple of decades. Uh, and, and retirement income just really hasn't kept up with that. Uh, if, if folks are lucky enough to have had investment portfolios, uh, those have done very well. Um, and if they're lucky enough to have owned their homes, uh, you know, equity has, we've seen equity growth just be like outstanding here in greater Victoria and really all across the country for the most part. Uh, and so, yeah, like you say, if somebody has, you know, life has gotten in the way and for whatever reason, their, their, their debts or their monthly obligations are, are just sort of outweighing the monthly income that they get. If they own their home and they have some equity, we just offer them a way to access some of that equity um, without having to worry about those monthly mortgage payment obligations. Okay. So yeah. the, and the, and the, and the other thing too, is uh, you, you had mentioned that, Home Equity Bank does not loan to people uh, below the age of 55. Oh, I'm nearly there. I'm almost there. Right? I can't wait. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but, but there's a reason for that too, because the, the, the product works well, as you mentioned, for, for folks that are you know maybe in their uh, mid-70s, 80s kind of thing. Um, it, it may not be the right tool for somebody who's younger, who has you know many more years in the house, right? Well, yeah, and that's why our, our loan to values. When when we, I don't deal with a lot of folks that are that are really that are under sixty, just because the the loan to value that we can grant is is quite limiting. Um, yeah. So, a fifty five year old couple uh, living in a million dollar home in Victoria, <coughs> excuse me, are probably only going to get uh, somewhere around two hundred thousand dollars, twenty percent of the the value of their home. <clears throat> and the reason for that is that there's a really good chance they could stay in that house for, you know, another 40 years. Yes. And if they're not making payments on their debt, again, we don't want them to run out of equity. Yes. So we limit the loan to value. So, so it's that, a protection. It's a protection. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that statistically they shouldn't run out of equity they're, They They can stay in that home for as long as they want to. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, we're a bank, we don't like risk. So we're a very conservative lender. Uh, we want people to, to stay in their homes for as long as they're able to. But we want to make that safe both for them, uh, for for their um, their families, you know, for their estates, uh, and and of course, you know, for our own risk uh, aversion. Got it. <laughs> hey, and that and that's another great point that you just brought up as well too. Is what this does is it enables someone to stay in their home because this is always a struggle too. It's like okay, well, the maintenance and upkeep is starting to to, to increase. And we've got to start looking at a smaller place or a condo, but we love our neighborhood. We love our neighbors. We, you know, we've been here for 40 years, 50 years. Uh, a move would be difficult, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is most people want to age in place. Uh, we, we do a lot of, um, a, a lot of searching and, you know, um, polling people and asking, you know, what our demographic wants. And uh, a statistic that came out a few years back is that 91% of, uh, of retirement age Canadians want to stay in their homes for as long as possible. And you can understand that, right? You, you've got all your, your, uh, 
your neighbors that you know and trust, uh, you know, on, on snowy weeks like this, you've got your neighbors that can can shovel the driveway for you or, or the sidewalk, at least, um, you know, if anything goes wrong, they'll be there and they might, you know, notice that patterns have changed. You've got your, you know, doctors, dentists nearby, things like that. Yeah. Um, people just want to stay where they are. And, and I can understand that. And that that really has been the focus of what we've done all along. So important. Well, listen, we need to take a quick break here. But before we do, uh, let people know how to get in touch with you, Mark. Yeah, of course. So I can be reached uh, directly 250-812-8629. Uh, or as always, um, folks can call uh, Denise, um, yes. one of your show sponsors there, and uh, and get in touch with her. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be chatting more with Mark Phillips about Home Equity Bank. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. We would love to hear from you. Our discussion today about reverse mortgages. Uh, our guest today, Mark Phillips. Mark, uh, again, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me back. Um, so there's a new product. Tell us, uh, tell us about it. Well, yeah. So uh, just a few months ago, we launched uh, an open product. We call it Chip Open, so it's nice and simple. Um, and and I'll just sort of explain how it came about. So for the the whole history of our company, we have focused on on keeping. Uh, our, our clients, retirement age Canadians, in their homes as long as possible. And that's generally what we've talked about on this show, is the ability for people to, to remain in their homes, to age in place. What we've been finding is that, you know, with people wanting either to downsize or in some cases upsize or just move, maybe move closer to family, um, we had a lot of folks who were coming to us saying, look, we would like to buy this new place that we're looking at before we have to sell our existing home. So you think about somebody who's, you know, maybe in their, in their late 70s, early 80s, something like that, and they're looking at moving from a home that they've been in for decades. They don't want to worry about having to line up their purchase and sale dates. That's a big so area of stress. This, exactly. Area of stress. It, it is a big stressor. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so what we were seeing is that a lot, of, a lot of people were having to take these big private mortgages at much, much higher rates and fees. Um, and so we came out with this product that is essentially is just a totally open, it's a short-term focused product the same qualifying parameters as the regular chip mortgage, no payments required. Uh, and it's really just designed so that folks can take equity out of their existing home to purchase their next forever home uh, and then move, take the time that they want to, to clean up their old home, uh, move, move or sell or whatever they have to do a lifetime of possessions uh, and then list and sell that old home. So they don't have the stress about having to list and sell their existing home before they can buy their new home. This is just another way where wow. they can, in a short-term way, can free up some of that equity without having to worry about the burden of monthly payments as they would with a regular mortgage um, and, and then be able to move. And it's been a hit. We've, we've done a ton of these right off the bat. Well, I, and I have to say, again, we'll talk about this with Denise. Um, it, it didn't occur to me until not that long ago. And you know, I, I've been in the business for 30 years, right? Um, but it did not occur to me because when, when people say, well, I'm just going to get a bridge loan you know, between the two houses. Um, you'd think that is easy, but, you know, Denise some time ago uh, told us banks don't like that because they, they want to establish a long-term relationship. So they're not really 
they're not they're not loving that idea. Whereas you guys at Home Equity Bank have have come up with this with this uh, um, this product. You know, there there was a time not that long ago, actually, that uh, if you had an accepted purchase offer and an accepted sale offer, uh, you could walk into a bank and say, hey, I need some bridge financing for a few months. And it, it was a done deal. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly what or why why it changed, but some years ago it did. And yeah, like you say, bridge financing has become very, very difficult to get. Yeah. Um, and so this, for us, it just made a lot of sense to, um, you know, to be able to help our demographic of clients um, make this move seamlessly and without the stress. Yeah. Uh, and I, what we found so far, we don't have a long history with this product, is that uh, once folks make the move into their new house, they get in there, they sell their old house, and they have the ability to pay us back. But in, in some cases, they've said, you know what, we actually would like to keep some of this money. So let's just convert this into a long-term chip mortgage against our new home, yeah. keep this, some of this money, maybe gift some to the kids or grandkids for their own home purchases, or we can use it for a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of traveling going on right now, but that'll happen again. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, again, using your home equity as a tool because, you know, some people have said, and I've had clients say, you know, I want to give some money that I would get out of my home to my kids now while I'm still around, as opposed to waiting, you know, until I'm gone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, we've seen way, way more of that. Um, a couple of years ago, CMHC made the, the qualifying guidelines for, uh, for insured borrowers a little bit more difficult. Uh, and with the, the cost of, of uh, homes in, in, well, in Victoria, but really everywhere, uh, it's made it a lot difficult for younger borrowers to, to you know, either get into their first place without a large down payment or, you know, say a, a young family who's moving out of a condo into their first home. Um, they've been having to turn to family for help. Uh, and in a lot of cases, uh, the family maybe doesn't have great investment portfolios, but what they do have is, is a house with a whole lot of equity in it. And they've been able to, to turn to us for help um, and release some of that equity in order to, to help the younger generation afford to, to be able to get into their, their homes. Yeah, because the, the thing is it either transfers through the estate. So when somebody passes away, the estate distributes the, the, um, the equity to the kids, or it could be done now through a, through products like what you guys have to offer, um, while the parents are still around and still enjoying the family home, and you know having the grandkids over and all that in the home that they've been in for for decades, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, hey, we could get into a pretty deep financial planning discussion here, yeah. but really, when you when you look in the grand scheme of it, taking a little bit of equity out of out of parents or grandparents' home to give to the younger generation gets them into this great appreciating asset, you yeah. know, their own home. And especially uh, right now, with rates the way they are, they'll never be this low ever again. Exactly, it's a great time, and and yeah. um, you know, I, I I can't see a time when Victoria housing prices are 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 not going to be strong. Yeah. Um, there's just so much demand, um, so much uh, net immigration to this area. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's such such great demand. So overall, the family, the whole family net worth is going to be better. And yeah, like you say, then then the gifter gets to enjoy seeing the younger generation yeah. enjoy the, the the fruits of of this gift during their lifetime. So now doing the math here too, and we used this example last time we talked a few years ago, you know, there are folks that bought their house in the 1960s or 1970s for $50,000, which today is a $2 million home in greater Victoria. 
Mm-hmm. And presumably they paid off their mortgage. You know, a lot of people made 25, 300 payments, 25 years worth of payments, um, which has been paid off as of, you know, the 1990s or whatever. So there is a lot of equity. And, and again, you know, given the choice between having to sell the family home with all the memories and move to another place that isn't home because it's not the neighbors, it's not the neighborhood, it's not the coffee shop, it's not the grocery store. But being able to stay at home and uh, uh, distribute that equity to their kids right now, I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. The process, though, like it's an easy process, right, Mark? Oh, sure. It is, it is a very easy process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, just like any other mortgage, but really with less documentation because we're not worrying about income and, and all that sort of stuff and other assets. Um, so, yeah, it's really just uh, it's a, a quick and easy application and, and an appraisal. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Now, the last thing too, is that sometimes people look at it and go, oh my goodness though. I mean, how come they're not the same as bank rates? How come I can't get a loan for whatever it is, 2%? Um, well, but the thing is they're not making payments too, right? Yeah. So there, there's, there's a whole bunch of answers to that. And, it, you know, we can go pretty deep into how we raise our capital and things like that. But um, realistically, uh, in the grand scheme of things, because we, we're what's known as a non-recourse lender. Um, we're really just an equity lender. The only thing that we are taking as security and, and measuring in terms of the viability of the loan that we're giving is the value of the real estate. And that's it. So we, we're not taking into account a client's other assets. Uh, we're a non-recourse lender. So if there, if there is a default, which is. Well, like there's no default. Incredibly <laughs> rare. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we don't, we can't go after other assets. Um, we're also, we're not measuring a client's ability to service the debt or, you know, to make payments. So we don't have their income to rely on in terms of that. So really it, it, it is a riskier loan. Yeah. So really that's it, it. There's a lot more to it as well, but yes, our rates are a little bit higher, generally, you know, two to 3% higher than, than the bank rates, mm-hmm. but those bank rates also depend on a client qualifying and being able to service the debt. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's not what we're looking at. So much to know. Well, uh, Mark, again, mm-hmm. thanks so much for coming and talking to us about um, reverse mortgages. Again, if people need to reach you. 250-812-8629. Or uh, again, also can, can call Denise up. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. We'll have you on again soon. And again, uh, listeners, please, if you have any questions about a home equity bank, get in touch with Mark or Denise. Uh, need to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thank you for having me. All right. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about how properties have escalated in value and how people have all of this equity that maybe they never realized they had before, especially those who have owned their house for 40 years, sometimes even more than that. Of course, when you look at the values nowadays and the average prices of Victoria homes, the numbers are staggering. And what can you do with that? Well, we had a conversation before the break with Mark Phillips at Home Equity Bank. And of course, right now we have with us our regular guest, one of our show partners and supporters, Denise Webster, with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, Denise, thanks for coming back. Thanks, Tony. Great to be back. Uh, so, of course, you know, you do a lot of stuff uh, with Mark and Home Equity Bank. The The whole notion of reverse mortgages are something that is not new, but there are other things that people can do. So let's talk about how people have been approaching you recently, because they're not just calling you when they want to buy a house, right? 
Gosh, no. Um, and that's definitely triggered right now because of our really low interest rates. There is a, so many inquiries about people's existing mortgages. They also just, like you mentioned, they just got their BC assessment and values have gone up again. Um, I know of one property, right, firsthand, 26% increase over last year. Like that's a lot of growth in one year in your home equity. <clears throat> so aside from um, the reverse mortgage, I'll talk on that as well, like Mark, but um, what people are really kind of inquiring right now is, it does it make sense to break my current mortgage to get a better rate? And while I'm doing that, should I pay off my high interest credit cards or my line of credit? Or we're thinking about buying a car. Should we do that without a car loan? There's so many different factors that come into if you're going to break the mortgage in the first place. And we've been able to take a look at that penalty. And it makes sense because you're going to go in a lower rate. There's definitely options to do when you're refinancing. And quite often that is paying off some high interest debt. Okay, so let's talk about some numbers here first. So, I mean, people are accustomed right now. They're looking at uh, new mortgages, uh, you know, below 2%. That seems to be kind of what people are, are, are expecting nowadays. And of course, there's many of us. Crazy? Yeah, we remember. Like, I remember myself, 12%, right? Uh, <laughs> 30 years ago. Um, now, when you're helping these people who are doing the refinance, and if they've had their mortgage for, say, three years or four years, and they've, they've locked into a five-year, like, what kind of rates are they coming from? Like, what were they like back then? So even uh, if somebody was in a three-year rate or, or if they have three years left in their mortgage yeah, two yeah. years ago, they're yeah. in that two and a half percent mortgage. Like it, okay. It, okay. it's, sorry, it's still a good rate. So it's funny when I do get a call of somebody that says, I'm thinking I should break my mortgage because I want one of these low rates. And I look at their existing mortgage and I'm like, you're at 2.5%. That was a great rate. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the ones I'm looking at right now are anywhere between two and a half and close to 3%, 299. Got it. Which but I've then, always, sorry, I've always said, Tony, a mortgage rate around 3% is a fantastic rate. Oh, we said that when it was 6%, right? <laughs> yeah, we're like under 2%. Uh, yeah. Okay. So speaking of 6%, it's funny because I knew I was talking to you and I, I, I pulled up, I opened up my online banking and I noticed that I have a, I have a, one of my lines of credit, which I never use, but you know how it says the rate on it. I noticed the rate was 6.8%, which I, I feel was a really good rate for a line of credit. But then it's got me thinking, well, if people have extended lines of credit or credit cards, which are, what are those at nowadays? 19%, 21% some. Okay. Okay. And that's the bad debt that you're talking about and things yes. like that. So let's talk that through. So what could it look like if somebody has uh, um, a number of those credit instruments with high interest rates? Well, the first thing we have to determine is, is there enough equity to disrupt this mortgage? Because the federal law to refinance your mortgage, you must keep 20% equity in the property, meaning we get a market appraisal, we figure out what is the actual value of your home right now, you can only have a mortgage up to 80% of that value. So if your home comes in at a million dollars, the maximum mortgage you could carry is 800,000. So then we look at your existing mortgage. Well, if you only owed 500,000 on your mortgage, and we could get you qualified up to that maximum 800, you have access to $300,000 of equity. What do you need to do with that 300,000? We need to explain to a lender why you would ever tap into 300,000 of your equity. It's obvious if there's debt that we're paying out, because we're going to see that on the credit report. But quite often, it's now we're pulling equity to buy another property. A lot of people want to diversify and they want to get a second property in this market. Yeah. So they're pulling out some equity of their current home, ready to have the down payment for that next purchase. 
And, and something, something that Mark and I just talked about was the whole notion of uh, people taking equity out to help their kids out. Yes, there's the down payment that we're seeing a lot of. Yeah, yeah. So instead of writing a check and money coming from out of the bank, taking it out um, at these rates, right? And quite often, uh, parents are getting that secured line of credit on their home. They might have already had a free and clear title on their home, and they just want to put a line of credit on there so they can pull some funds for their kids for a down payment. Yeah. Or they're doing that reverse mortgage and they're actually um, tapping into a lump sum payment they're pulling off their, their equity. Well, and this is important to discuss because as Mark talked about with the reverse mortgage, there are no payments. So it's a, it's a future, a future payout, right? Um, however, when a parent pulls out that line of credit there, um, they can't say to their kids, well, here's this line of credit. You got to make the payments on that. Right. I mean, I think sometimes that's happening behind the scenes. I've definitely seen clients that actually say mom and dad have given us this money. They pulled it from their line of credit and they are going to actually pay the interest each month until, and the, the rule, the agreement between them is when we sell this house, we'll pay off your line of credit uh-huh. and they look after the interest. So I've, I've definitely seen that happen before. Yeah. But it is tricky on the, on the application though, right? Because Oh, for sure. It's a, it's a gifted down payment on the application. If the clients decide later to pay back their parents, that is their prerogative. But in the, the time when I ask them, is this truly a gifted down payment? Do you have to make payments? Their answer has to be no. Yeah. Are you under some kind of contract to pay your parents back? If they say yes, that's not a gifted down payment. Yeah. And the secret there is as the mortgage broker, like you can be in on the ploy. Like if somebody tells you they're making the payments, You've got to report that to the, do. the lenders. Yeah, because yeah. that's putting their the borrower is possibly in a in a position of being able to default going to default their mortgage. They've leveraged themselves too hard. So if it, if they ever said that they were thinking about that, I would say, okay, well, let's put that payment into your application and see if you would still qualify. Because yeah. that is an eye opener for them to say, no, you're leveraging yourself too much. You're really borrowing this down payment. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be buying this house. It's outside of your means. Okay. Well, so stepping back to the whole conversation about taking equity out in or pay off like the credit card debts or I don't know, maybe car loans or, or things like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it occurs to me also too, that sometimes people go through this a few times and I, and I often wonder, is that a, is that a, maybe not such a great habit for consumers to have? No, it's not a good habit. And lenders will call you on it. Lenders will say these clients, we've seen them before they're using their house as an ATM. That's the, the verbiage they use. So they rack up this debt every year and every five years they refinance and have all this debt to pay off. Now, a little trick in there is go to a different lender, right? So you don't have that history, but other lenders can see that, you know, you shouldn't have, a, if you bought this house and you've been in this house 20 years, you shouldn't have a mortgage this high if you haven't been refinancing each year or every five years. It does, I mean, your mortgage balance tells a story as well based on how long you've lived there and the value of the home. Well, and something something a credit or debt counselor will talk about too is when you pay off that line of credit, you got to get rid of it, right? Yes, yes. Or, yeah, or or you know that ten thousand dollar credit card, cut it down to you know a minimum, right? And sometimes the lenders will condition for that when we're paying off a lot of debt and they can see a pattern and there's some bad there's some stories that are told by your credit report. If the lender can see that as well, quite often the condition of the refinance is to pay off this credit card and close the account. So lenders can insist they actually uh, put it as a, a lawyer undertaking to close the credit card. So that I think is a good decision when you see 
habits of the same thing happening over again. Yeah. So what you're saying is when the, when the loan transfers, so when, when it actually closes, because a lawyer is involved, it goes on the title of the property, the instruction, it's actually the lawyer that pays out that credit card and pays out that line of credit and all yeah, that. The yeah. lender has to have some kind of guarantee that that is going to get paid. So they make it what's called a lawyer or a notary undertaking. That lawyer has to report back to the lender that that was paid out with the proceeds that came from that refinance. And you're correct in saying that a refinance is different. When, when you add new funds to your mortgage, you're going to go through lawyers and notaries again, cause trigger that cost yep. because you are changing the title of your property or re-registering the mortgage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, you Actually, something we haven't talked about for a really long time, and you just brought it up, and it's a good reminder, is the credit score. Because something that you mentioned a long time ago is it's a good thing f- for us to check on our own credit score, right? Yeah, and it's becoming uh, a lot more easy to do so. Uh, I just actually opened a new bank account the other day. I've just been moving some things around. And right there, when I went into the bank, then when she was showing me through my online banking, she says, and click right here and you can get your credit score, no charge. So people have access to see what's going on with their credit. They don't see the same credit that I see when I pull for a financial application. We have a lot more details, but they're going to have an idea of their score. And gosh forbid, if it's in the 500s, please don't call me. Uh (laughs) I'm just just saying there's obviously something you need to do to fix your credit before you just think about getting a mortgage application in place if you've got a 500 credit score. Yeah. And what, actually, what we had talked about before was it's good to know your credit score because sometimes people forget and it's the darn things like the cell phone bills or yes. those bills that, oh, I missed a month here, missed a month there. And those things really do. They didn't make a difference before. Lease payments for cars didn't make a difference before, but they do now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The credit, I really feel like the credit report is one of the strongest parts of your application and it is going to take you to that, um, you know, give you that option of putting your mortgage with any lender. So I, I, I thank my clients when I pull their credit and they have a great credit score. I said, thank you for making my job easier. It really does. Yeah. You, it gives you them more choices. It gives, it gives more choices. More choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So in the, in the time remaining, we, we, we've been talking about the equity people have in, in homes. We talked about paying, uh, paying off debts and everything. And then of course there's just the simple refinance. So if people's mortgages are, 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 are due soon, you're getting those calls as well too, right? Yes. So I think you meant the renewal, maybe? The renewal, so, I'm sorry. Renewal, yes. yeah. yeah. So yeah, renewals are very, very straightforward. You can stay with your existing lender when your mortgage comes up for maturity. If you've never missed a payment and you still have a great, sometimes lenders are pulling credit at renewal just to make sure you're still in good standing. So don't mess your credit up. But if you've been making your payments on time, lenders should offer you a fantastic renewal rate. They want to keep your business. Um, they would tell you that it's that next five-year term that they actually really start to make money in the first year they've paid brokers or they've paid the fees, the registration. So they like to say that the time that they benefit the most is the second term with their clients. So they do everything they can to hang on to those clients and they're aggressive with their renewal rates. So I am very good at actually just helping my clients make sure they get the best offer and you sign on the dotted line. You don't qualify again. It's a very straightforward process. Uh, so I encourage my clients to stay with their existing lender because they'll get a really good renewal rate. Wow, this is one of the reasons why we love Denise is because, you know, instead of trying to sign people up on new mortgages or whatever, you really do are looking, you are looking out for their best interest and what's in the best uh, interest of the family, right? Well, you sure don't want to drag your client through it all over again if they were, their lender was going to offer the same rate. That's just embarrassing. 
<laughs> well, thanks uh, as always, Denise. Uh, Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, her contact information is always on our CFAX uh, website. Thanks for joining, Denise. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right, and for everyone else, we'll be here for you this time next week.